I'm in there. Okay. You know what this is. Yeah. You you, you tuned your dial to keeping it 5150 episode 12. You're, you may be one of the 25 people who will download this. <laughs> we are not we're not setting the podcasting world on fire. Not yet, but we're we're I, I think we're in a quiet taste. I think in multiple episodes we've asked who is this for. And well, the answer is it's like how many records did Vincent Van Gogh sell while he was alive? Not not records, not, yeah, a lot. not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> Very underrated singer songwriter. <laughs> yeah, fifty-one fifty. Yeah. Uh, so episode. 11. 11. I, I thought it was 12. It's not. It's 11. not 12. Feels like it should be 12, but we skipped last week because, Segway, Portland. We went, yeah, we, we went, went to Portland, down to Portland. Portland, Maine. We ate lobster <laughs> and... Butter. <laughs> Nuts. I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Portland, Maine. If you're from Portland, Maine, you're listening to Hit this. Hit us up. <laughs> like, Get in touch. Send us some lobster. Um, <laughs> now we went to Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, oh, the good Portland, as we like to call it. Shots fired. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We just we just told them to reach out to us, and yeah. he like shit. You know on what? Him. Fuck you! <laughs> stop, stop listening right now. If you fuck you, Stephen King. Not uh, not really, obviously. I think he rocks Bangor. Um, that's <laughs> where the airport is. Hey, that's the first first time I ever came to this this beautiful country that I'm now citizen of, Bangor, Maine, because that's where you had to refuel when you were flying to Florida in 1989. You really took the best scenic tour of America. Let's stop at Bangor, Maine to go yeah. right to Florida. First, uh, first Dr. Pepper. That was <laughs> yeah, like, a moment. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm from a deprived childhood, obviously. So when you touched down in Florida, were you like, this is the, this is the promised land that everyone spoke of? Kind of, yeah. Really? It, it was TV. This is where the A-team live. I didn't know that. You know, the difference. <laughs> America's one place to me as, as a, when I was 10 years old. <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, America does kind of. There's differences, but every place you go is like sort of the same. Yeah, I mean, you all you all have the American license plates, which is exciting, and American money. We got drive on so, the right side of the road. Yeah, oh yeah, you learn that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're talking about think we're thinking about going to Europe, and we're like really sweating the. It's like, do we need to get a car? Do they do we have to drive on the other side of the road? It's only the, it's only the UK where they uh, and, and, and Australia, and I think Hong Kong. It's rare. It's weird that it you drive on the left. Yeah. I don't even think even Australia really. If they, I'm trying to re- when I like because we were there. Pretty sure they're both New Zealand and Australia. Like, I mean, we could look this up. But hey, if you're listening in New Zealand, if you're listening on Mount Doom, <laughs> how'd you get there? Which side of the road did you, you drive? You walked on? for four movies. Oh, yeah. By the oh, way, don't right, email yeah. me. It's only two movies. You, you, it felt like four <laughs> movies. I know it's a joke. Don't tweet at me. No one's listening to this anyway. It does not matter. As I understand it, you just walk into Mordor, right? That's the... it, well. They had a cloak that turned them into a rock if they like kneel down. I'm so bored. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get through the cliff's notes of this. That is the cliff notes. They walk forever. Every once in a while, they turn into a rock. And then they got. And they got real sad. Wow, that they went that the, should the be nine hours. <laughs> threw a thing into another thing. Also, I'm gonna say it, man. Lord of the Rings, really overrated. Not not taken with any of it. I, I, I watched the, one of the movies. Uh, was the mid, it was a middle one. <laughs> <laughs> I only watched Act Two of a thing. This, yeah, I figured that's the strongest part. Uh, and accurate. Then, like I, I never really read the never read the books. I tried to. It's a solid a hundred pages of them hanging out in a fucking field. Let me flip ahead a couple of pages. Still Man, the they're field. still still in the Shire. Like <laughs> holy shit! And then I was like, I'm hard. I could read anything else. I'm gonna read some fucking try to struggle with some HP Lovecraft or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Um. 
All right, so Portland. So, <laughs> so Portland. And no, because H.P. Lovecraft, we, we went to, uh, I know you guys, your, your other band, your, your traitorous, slutty other band that you, you play with sometimes, <laughs> you played at the, is it called the Lovecraft Bar? It is the Lovecraft, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, my wife and I went there for a drink before, before our show. It was really good. If anyone is listening, fucking go to the Lovecraft Bar. It's great. Uh, we went in there, the barman, I told you this, but I'm going to pretend it's fresh news. Yeah. Hey, Paul, guess what happened? What they, happened? They, they were playing Sad Wings of Destiny by Judas Priest. Very underrated album. <laughs> the, <laughs> literally played, the most underrated <laughs> album of all they, albums. They played The Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who, he doesn't have a name, apart from, you know, The Ripper, or if you like Jack the Knife, two names. He has two names and he's a man with no name. <laughs> Get it together, Judas Priest. <laughs> still, still drinking at this point? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They had... They have Megadeth beer, um, as made popular on this podcast. On draft, you could just order a pint of that. And they had the Trooper Iron Maiden beer in cans. So, so you had one of each? No, I just had, I just had the, the Maiden beer, which actually isn't that great, but I wanted the can. I took photos of it, and I thrown the can away because I realized that I can't be pack ratting trash into my house. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what crazy people do. So. Lovecraft Bar is really cool. Um, yeah. Definitely go there. Um, what, what else did you like while we were, while we were down in, in Portland um, Town? Uh, this time I did not do the uh, Black Life mini golf. I normally do that when I'm in <laughs> Portland. There's like a pirate themed Black <laughs> Black Light mini golf. This didn't have time, man. I know you're a mini golf fan. I've played mini golf a couple of times. I'm not very good. I mean, I'm not going to go pro. I think I'm going to stick with you know the computer thing. I think you need to follow your dream <laughs> of having less money and <laughs> like get into that mini golf. Yeah. So wait, why why were we in Portland? Oh, we were in Portland, Paul, as you may remember, because our amazingly successful rock band was was playing a show with um, Ice Princess yes. and Lord. Is it Lord and Master or Lord? I think it's Master? Lord Master. Lord Master. So that was at the world famous Kenton Club in Northeast Portland, where we played before, and it was it was great. We had a, we we did a really good show. I think we played pretty well. Yeah, and uh, people seemed into it. And... Yeah, in Ice Princess, did you leave before? I, I did. I had to, I, my wife wasn't feeling great, so I had to go home and make sure that she was. You're still watching the Great British Bake Off, about more of which in future podcasts. Oh, don't worry, <laughs> don't worry, it's coming. But yeah, um, how how are Ice Princess? Because they look like they were going to do some fucking was, red fat craziness. It was great. Um, so they not only had a regular smoke machine, but they had like this oversized like ground s- smoker kind of situation, like like a thicker ground haze that right. would hug the ground. They were loading smoke machines on to warm up while we were on. Was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, can we use that? They had a projector going that was like projecting stuff on top of them while they played the four dudes who like play the two guitar players bass player and a drummer they all wore like in a very mayhem-esque move all wore like black robes but they went an extra limp of having their faces like blacked out too like they had like like kind of like a face mask over it so you like could not see any features that's pretty cool (laughs) Um, is that like um the sun or sun o? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Dressed like, so, dress like monks. Yeah, yeah. The, like Ice Princess did not create this look, but oh, they no, were no. like we were, they were totally. So, <laughs> so they were rocking that, and they never like the, they never took that off. Like no one ever shed any of that stuff. And then um the lead singer, she had this like this princess dress robe thing. I, I think she was stood in front of me while Lord Master on because there was a gal who was dressed. Very, very Renfer and had like, like ba- a bag of holding or something like that. It's like very D and D kind of like accoutrement. Well, this is where playing at the at the world famous Kenton Club, which we played at twice, and it's it's a really fun venue. It's a home in Portland. They don't they don't have a green room, and so the mystique was slightly robbed from Ice Princess because they were changing 
right there. Like, wait, you're just four dudes. In fact, you dudes just loaned another dude an amplifier. Like, you're regular <laughs> yeah. guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, not only are you normal, you're pretty nice. Like, yeah, yeah. And I, I like pulling the curtain back, obviously, because the way I talk about what happens on our podcast. Yeah, like, I try to cut out all the stuff that I want to keep fully a secret but yeah you really are you're like full disclosure yeah I, i'm i'm much like pendulette in every single way so. yeah <laughs> they started the show with like um like a of just a clip of someone giving like a previously on ice princess oh, type situation <laughs> where it's just like the ice princess has awakened her whole family and kingdom has been wiped out by this specific clan this clan must die. Like, and it was like real long and specific. And then they went into their first song Damn, and it was like, Game of Thrones. Here. That's <laughs> yeah, really, it's good. really like, Oh, now that I'm caught up. And then <laughs> clearly all the songs were like, you know, it's all like revenge. And like, it was really telling the story of this continue, possibly continuing story of this thing. And at a certain point, a sword came out, like the lead singer just had a, brandished a sword, like pulled the sword out, uh, pulled it out of the sheaf and was just sort of like using it as a prop. While like, you know, while singing a song, awesome, it's pretty rad. <laughs> so that was that is value for money. That's really so. Good. If you ever get a chance to see Ice Princess, holler at Ice Princess. They're good. So, with that said, yeah, I mean, let's read some ads. We- <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Let's read some ads. That's that's a good segue. <laughs> let's keep that. All the stress of modern life is getting to you, isn't it? Updating your social media feeds, navigating through four stupid menus on your TV before you can watch CSI Miami. After a typical day, you need a proper night's sleep. So what? You're just going to lie down in your bed in the dark like an idiot? Has that worked before? Of course not. If only there was a better way. There is. Hydroxy Mega Sleep is a semi-non-toxic, conflict-free, chemical-based sleep solution for your rough night. It blends together a trusted cocktail of pills and liquor to put you under and keep you there all night and well into the next day. Hydroxy Mega Sleep is not affiliated with Madroxy Hypersleep or any of the outstanding lawsuits pending against it. Use code Madroxy Hypersleep and we'll throw in our Sleep at the Music Festival special, which we think is, if anything, even safer. They have Paramax at music festivals. Hydroxy Mega Sleep. Lawsuit free since May 2017. And we're back. Peeking. I always wow. peek on the back. I come back in hard. Not going to do it again, though. This is a featured segment. Our, okay, so one of our most popular episodes, which this is not true at all, is the... Uh, the most popular episode we imagined. <laughs> no, I, I think statistically... I think it's, uh, I'm too sexy for my pod. I'm wondering if it's because we use the word sexy in the description. Yeah, we or... should try to get sexy in there more. Yeah, that one, I think statistically I'm so far is... i tits in the description of this one, even if we cut that part. Got to get cut. I mean, this part won't get cut. People were like, what tits part were they talking about? Yeah. You'll never know. Hours, hours gonna... on tits. You should have heard it. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah, this is originally. These the... guys aren't as progressive as I thought. Yeah, originally this episode was going to be called Thanks for the Memories or <laughs> Tits. <laughs> yeah. This is Anna BC from Oz is being like, give me some tits. Tits. Um, Oz heads will get that joke. It's not about actual tits. It's about heroin. You guys know. You've watched HBO before. It was cool. But that's not really what the featured segment of this <laughs> podcast is about. It about. wasn't going to be, but now, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of editing for this episode already, I can tell. I, either lots or none. 
really was okay. going to make sense. So anyway, the, my point I was trying to make is we did a, a, a rundown of the Cure sound, fucking The Crow soundtrack. The Crow soundtrack. I am like my dad now. You know, have you seen that movie, The Mattress with Keith Ragu? Like the uh, we did the Crow soundtrack. That was both really fun. It also gave us structure, which we need. Yeah, <laughs> we badly need structure. Um, so we decided, um, as teased in previous podcasts, go for the second bite of the apple. Yeah, and do a track for track review of another album. This one near and dear to Stevens' heart instead it's, of it's, mine. It's the classic. Classic. <laughs> we'll we'll find out if it's a classic. Rob Zombie's first solo album, Hellbilly Deluxe. Hellbilly Deluxe. I'm slightly confused because there's a therapy song called Hellbelly uh, on on uh, their their best record, fucking Troublegum. Um, and it's not that. It's different. It's Hellbilly. So I'm I'm very easily confused. But <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. So we did it. Yeah, we we, we listened, we listened to, all, to it this morning. <laughs> I literally did. I got up at eleven. Was like I got until one o'clock to listen to this album. Yeah, let me let me go on the internet and see what I can find. So did did you listen to this when it came out? Did you? We'll, no. do, we'll do a little background. Oh fuck no! Like so, <laughs> you, you were not a white zombie fan in 1998. In 1998, I was listening to like Dylan Trafford and Screeching Weasel and Black Flag and stuff. Wow. Okay. And, and or like emo stuff like The Get Up Kids and Sunny Day Real Estate and shit like that. So I heard Dragula and I was like, oh yeah. Oh, the reason I heard that is because it was on to MTV. I think Living Dead Girl was also shown that video for that was also shown on MTV. So I've heard those two songs like a lot. I I was not in a position to seek this out. You didn't out. rush out, buy it, day no. one, and, and, then, and then listen to the fuck out of it in 1998 like I did. No. I really like White Zombie in 1995 when um, uh, Astro Creep came out. I, I'd heard a couple, I think I'd heard uh, Thunderkiss on like the, the metal TV shows sure. and things like that. And it's that's, that's a great riff. That's an undeniably good riff. And I got Astro Creep and... It's pretty good. There's not a lot of filler on Astro Creep. I was just looking at it before going, there's loads of shit on this record. There's No, there's about three or four songs that are kind of garbage. And the rest of it, there's about eight songs that are really good. So Astro Creep was like sold. And then I actually saw Rob Zombie when he toured, when he toured this record in, in, in 98 in, in, in December. And I looked it up because I was like, I'm sure I saw this. And I did, and the set list isn't on Setlist FM, so I have no idea what they played. Okay. Uh, but I think there was, um, it, it looked like more human than human and... Um, Thundercast 65 or something like that was still in the, in the set list I think then. it's still in the set list now like yeah. I think give credit to Rob Zombie like he gives the people what they want like they're, oh, yeah, gonna yeah. Hear the, you're gonna hear what? the two white zombie songs that the average person who knows white zombie right. probably wants to hear oh he's a, he's a proper showman though he, really, yeah. he put on a great show it was it reminded me it didn't remind me at the time because I hadn't seen it yet but it reminded me of Alice Cooper where not not theatrical as in each song's like its own piece but there was a, a real commitment to uh, this, like performing something kind of bigger than the song, and not like being an actor, like not breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience like bands do until the end, yeah. where it's just like, oh, thank you, Manchester or whatever, good, good show or whatever, whatever it was. He said yeah. he barely talks to the audience. It was much more like you're watching a thing that you're not interacting with. I have, I have a question about that solo show before we get into these tracks. Yeah, I think I was looking up live Dragula clips for okay. some reason, right on YouTube, and I saw. I saw this clip. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but not on the podcast, so we're going to go over it. But, and, you know, it's like the normal it's shot of David Letterman as desk, normal TV <laughs> thing. Like, hey, you know, you know, welcome back to the show. Rob Zombie, like, he's got a new solo album. This is for, you know, this is Dragula. Then they pan over to the stage, and they have it completely smoked out. Like, there's smoke, there's <laughs> lights, 
And, you know, like, the band's playing, like, starts playing, and they're wearing, like, you know, tattered, like... Post-apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They look like the Road Warrior or some shit. And then Rob Zombie comes out in what could only be described as plastic muscle armor like he looked like he was a cyborg in like a canon films type situation okay. like he just yeah. and then he played it completely straight but every once in a while you'd see like shots of like they i don't know they pan over the paul Schaefer or something and they were still <laughs> just normal dudes and then you pan over and it's like it's so like cognitive distance of like yeah. They were in a completely different, there was like a completely different vibe going on and they were not catering to the fact that this is like a dumb TV show that they were on. They were like, no man, we for this tour I'm wearing this fucked up body armor. <laughs> like that's the thing that I'm wearing. When you saw them on this tour, was were they wearing ridiculous outfits like that? I remember that, I, I seem to remember they were basically dressed a bit like Pantera in the sense of like not like very, very dressed down, like probably cut off cut off jeans well, and stuff like that well and that's like, how was, like because Rob Zombie even though even though he's the, the kind of an Alice Cooper Marilyn Manson type of performer he still dresses like he very very like dressed down kind of um, I don't know how to, how to describe it but like, yeah like like it doesn't look like he's trying very hard <laughs> like White Zombie always had that look like when they started out it was all like jean jackets with patches on them like yeah, they were wearing yeah. they just dressed like 70s burnouts and then at a certain point it was like yeah cut Pantera, off Pantera honestly like they, they dressed exactly the same like Terry Date produced band would, would yeah so that's you saw you saw Rob Zombie live yeah you bumped this album a lot I, I like it you like okay or at least I thought I liked it let's, okay let's so you had around. going into this you had what I had for the the Crow the soundtrack, soundtrack yeah which is like, you have yeah, fond like memories of this as a thing that you listen to all the time and you yes. rocked it okay I will I will point out I did think there's, there's probably some filler on this because there's definitely filler on the previous White Zombie record. I'm thinking, there's definitely a couple of moments on this where it's not a song and it's like a little interstitial thing, but there's not so many of those. Let's find out if there yeah. is. <laughs> so it starts off with Call of the Zombie, which is like just an intro. It's just a 30-second intro. Yeah. I thought it was a sample from some movie. It turns out that's just Sherry Moon Zombie reading some nonsense. Oh, okay. I, I also um, thought it was... Yeah, we, oh, it's probably from Last House on the Left. The lost sample from Last House on the Left. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's what you would think a Rob Zombie album would open up with. Spooky circus music and yep. someone saying some creepy shit, some samples. like And almost like a little girl's voice, but I yeah. guess it was like a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> so. To be fair, that's kind of just what her voice sounded like. They might have had her be like, do it a little more like high, but it's called, I mean, not a lot to say about this. I no, mean, that's, it's uh, just it's just an intro to the album, and it bleeds right into the next song. So yeah. that's fine. It's a totally fine introduction. It gets you into the the uh, as far as interstitials and, and having too many too much fill on the record. I would let that go. It's an intro track. That's cool. Let's let's do this, and it, it sets the atmosphere yeah, very well. Yeah. So, and then we get go. into the Super Beast. Yeah. Superbeast is a good song, man. Yes, it, it is. It, it really is. We'll talk about this more and more as the album goes on. But Rob Zombie, I feel like, gets one idea when he writes. Because he's like the single writer for all of these songs. The no other credited writers, ever credited producers. But this is like a true solo album. He wasn't like Riggs. Do you have riffs? This is clearly like a Rob Zombie joint. Yeah. I feel like he gets a riff in his head. And he's like, I got this riff. And he writes just enough around it to get to three minutes and to get out. Like, you might be right. Yeah. That chorus riff that, I mean, it comes up like in the intro 
unchorused, but the chorus riff of that is really fucking good. The rest of the riffs are like just good enough to support like what else is going on. Fair enough. I think that's that's probably true. But it stands up as a good song. It, like, is. it doesn't matter that the other riffs are not as good as that really good riff. Yeah. Um and to be fair, you could label that same claim against a lot of metal songs. Like, sure. There's like, oh yeah, this is the cool bit. And this is the part that we need in order to get to the cool part again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and that that's fine. Um, but this idea is later on I'm going to start dogging some of these songs. Because it keeps <laughs> doing that. Yeah, it's yeah. based off of this. But uh, Superbeast is great. High Energy, the production is really fucking good. Yes, isn't on, it? It's super tight. It's tight. It's super heavy sounding yeah this um, must be it must be this early pro tools i guess when they were when they were making this like all the drum beats line up exactly with the down fucking strokes of the bass and the guitar and stuff yeah. like that. It, it's strong it sounds and when there's like keyboards and extra stuff on it it all adds again to the kind of like haunted house vibe that yeah. he's going in so have you watched the video for super beast i can't remember i've um, seen some they're kind of blend together as this circusy kind it, of it is, bullshit technical and nonsense <laughs> it is uh it is hilarious because it's him in a like a some sort of martial arts outfit like it's not like a gi but it's like it's shit that like bruce lee wore in like enter the dragon or something like his version of that and they clearly put up a green screen like in his garage and just shot <laughs> everything against the green screen so it's him doing karate moves and like is he good at karate no and <laughs> and like slow motion chopping while being like the ragged they kill and then with like crazy stuff happening in the background every once in a while it cuts to a shot of a robot they put in front of the green screen that clearly couldn't move so they just kind of zoom in and out of it with the camera that, as terrible <laughs> Like, it's, it's hilarious. This is the guy that made House of a Thousand Corpses. He's a respected director. That, that's video might have got him House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, oh, uh, by the way, I wanted to add one thing. Um, it's, it's direct from Wikipedia, but it's yeah. it, it just, as it's come up. Seven years after the release of the record, Zombie released a deluxe version of Hellbilly Deluxe featuring a bonus DVD. The DVD included a music video for all 13 of the album's songs. Oh, shit. There's a lot of videos I have not seen. With Zombie being credited as the director for all of them. Imagine your surprise. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh I'm shocked. All right, so that's Super Beast. Any thoughts about Super Beast ever than it's pretty rad? Uh, I, I, think, I think we've covered it. It's, it's, the drums sound fucking great. The guitars sound... I can't tell the difference between the synths and the guitars, which I, I, I appreciate that because well, because of the band that we're in. Like yeah. I, I like the way that they were kind of blended together. It didn't sound techno-y. It sounded like a rock song that maybe had some electronic elements, yeah. but they weren't really in your face. It, it was more like, oh, when you start listening to this, it's presumably heavier because of the electronic yeah. cleverness and the, the lining up everything perfectly. And yeah, it was, it's, that's a thrilling opener. From Super Beast, we go into um, a song you might have seen on David Letterman. <laughs> Uh, Dragula. Dragula. Superstition, fear, and jealousy. Oh my god. I well, I like. I think I like Dracula. Dracula even more than than Super Beast. I think it's. I think it's an even better song. I also, really like Dracula was in a little movie called The Mattress with Keith Regan, <laughs> aka The Matrix. Um, I saw The Matrix on regular TV every oh, day. It's, it's, and it's in The Matrix. He goes that? to the, like a hacker bar <laughs> to meet. To meet Sorry. To be fucking... To be Morpheus. About, I forgot about 90s hacker culture. <laughs> Trinity's like, you want to meet Morpheus? And he's like, Morpheus. Um, I, I've, so, done, I've done Dragula karaoke. It's so much fun. Like, just screaming that chorus. It's, it, it's tremendous. I yeah, recommend that, that as, as a karaoke that jam to all, all of our listeners. Although, it's not hard. It's, 
it's really Although, good. It, it's hard keeping a straight face because that I, I want to bring this up right now. All right, yeah. As much as I like Dragula, and I do think Dragula is a good song, it's got some some of the lyrics. It's not the worst lyrics on the album because oh, there's no. a lot of bad lyrics <laughs> on this album. Some of the lyrics of Dragula are like, wait, that's what he's saying? Like when you find out what he's saying. I, I thought it was spookier than what he was saying. Hell, I am the cat. Something, something. From the rat. Rat, rat and cat, obviously. Digging through the fur, dying as you purr. As you purr. <laughs> purr doesn't have any. That's not a, that's not a strong word. <laughs> that's, not a sc- that's not scary. He's like, what rhymes with fur? Purr. purr. Oh, no, we were just talking about cats. about cats before. <laughs> and now the cat sounds really contented. People are going to be freaked out. Uh, or at one point where he just bails out of the rhyme and he's just like, I can never die. Really good. Really uh, good. He's digging for the ditches and burning for the witches. Uh, that's, that's an anthem. That, that it is. A, and, and again, it, it highlights the strength of this album. And he plays through his strengths uh, yeah. uh, vocal-wise on, on, on that one. I think he's... Yeah. Well, most of the record he really Super does. Beast, too, because he's all like, Hey! Yeah! You know? <laughs> didn't, I pulled away from the mic, so yes. I, didn't, I didn't peek that, because I want to peek the shit out of that with my head, yes. <laughs> also... I'll just go ahead and say it now. I was I did a Google search towards the end of this album. How many yes on Hellbelly Deluxe? <laughs> Could not get a definitive answer. Did not want to go for the lyrics to count them. He says yeah a lot. Like a lot of the hooks. It's a have, very positive album. Has yes in it. I I you know if I, it could be over a hundred yes <laughs> over the course of this. 40 minute album or whatever he says he gets yeah in there like a ton if any enterprising listener 50 fan wants to, <laughs> wants to go through and tweet at us how many times Rob Zombie says yeah on this album I'd be really curious yeah please please do that let's move on to uh, track 4 Paul <laughs> who's responsible for this irresistible creature who has an insatiable list for the dead <laughs> who's responsible for that I'm not sure that's the line <laughs> it, it's living dead girl that's, that's who this that's who this creature is that's who's responsible for it. I'm not sure what the fuck <laughs> that, That's one where it's like, this sample doesn't really work, but it's a really cool sample. Let's just get in here. Um, okay. A couple of things. One, all three of the singles from this, I don't think they put out a fourth single no, from this album. No, it was these three. These three, all up front. <laughs> yeah. Not a coincidence. <laughs> no. We'll, 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 we'll get into that. You'll find out why. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I know, also noticed that, yeah, this, this, those are the three singles and those are the first three songs. Ooh. Yeah. It's, oh, we, just, we just go straight into the one. It's okay. almost as if he had all the songs and then he, uh, he took it to his friends and were like, rate these songs and then put them in order from highest rated to lowest rated and that was the track list. <laughs> like, fucking, <laughs> this dude is like, I mean, he really wants to capture you up front. So, "Living Dead Girl," not a bad song. Um, I like of, it. I think it's. I like the one flat foot on the devil's wings. I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> Those pauses, like the way he sings that, making dollar bills. <laughs> Fucking I, it's, hilarious it's and really never good. not funny. I made people not turn the, the station and or the channel and come on because I'm like, you got to hear what's about to happen. This dude. Scary. Uh, sounds. sounds. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a funny song and it's it's good though. I, I would listen like if I were making a mixtape for of Rob Zombie songs. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, this would be If I was making a mixtape of 90 songs, I might put this on it. This is This is a good song. I'd probably put Super Beast over this, but it's because I, I like a rock Super, thing. Super Beast is probably better, but this is hilarious. I, this, still, this still crosses the line of, is it a good song or a bad song? It's a good song. 
I would say we're now entering the weaker parts of the record. <laughs> Disturbingly early. <laughs> we're a third of the way through. Yeah, 13 songs. Also, you could see it being like, at a certain point, being like, God, we're a quarter of the way through. We got 13. I want to have 13 tracks on this. Don't have 13 songs. We're really going to have to pad this out with some like interstitial music. So, also, enter po- perversion number nine. Yeah, also, <laughs> perversion 99, sorry. what we didn't talk about is there's a, there's a subtitle to this album. Yeah, I, I there we go. <laughs> there, there we are. Hellbilly Deluxe. Hellbilly Deluxe. I can't, I can't get that. Yes, no, you got Hell, it. Hillbilly Deluxe. Hell, Hellbilly Deluxe. 13 tales of cadaverous cavorting inside the Spook Show International. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't, but it locked him in the needing for a team for X, and that's how you get Perversion 99 on this <laughs> album, because they're like, I got this, I, I was fucking around with a drum machine and a synthesizer, and we need to like, I need another track. There is no Spook Show International. Don't, don't pretend that's a thing, Rob Zombie. <laughs> I, I haven't delved into some of these lyrics. Maybe he outlines it a la the electric head. Like, maybe he really gets inside of it. Um, I didn't mind this song because it's short and it just... Yeah, but weird. it should be a fucking 30-second intro instead of a two-minute bollocks. <laughs> like, a two-minute messing about of, like... Yeah. Um... Yeah, look, you could drop it and it would not affect the album at all. I wasn't immediately No, but then it'd like, be 12 tales. Yeah. 12 <laughs> really, really like, if we're going to be honest, it should have been six tales. <laughs> this, would be, this would be a tremendous EP. This, yeah, this could be a really good EP. Six-song EP is about right for this. Yeah. Like, um, you, you hate it. I am okay with it. Okay. Demonoid Phenomenon, quote, the heaviest song on the record. According to, according to Wikipedia, and when you listen to it, it's kind of... It's kind of heavy. It's kind of heavy. Um, my notes. I took. Uh, I took terrible notes. Notes. Goodness. I wrote kind of weak song, and I wrote it uh, K I N D A. Uh, apparently, I thought it was kind of a weak song. What, my, what? my notes uh, con- conclude with the words "not great." <laughs> <laughs> it, it had um, fair. It was. It's very down tuned though, and it sounds. It's kind of heavy, and the, co- the verse, the, the bass is too low. It sounds like corn. It's. It's, and he, the verse is kind of. Not very good, but it's it picks up a little bit. And it has the uh, the turn around and meet the hater pre-chorus. That that's kind of cool. Uh, the the actual chorus of Demonoid Phenomenon. I get it out. I get it on. I quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for really clever rhymes like that. So this yeah. this motherfucker, like the fact that this <laughs> album came out with like a 24 page booklet with lyrics and stuff. I would I would have been like the Misfits and not released any lyrics for this. <laughs> Because I feel like not too ashamed. (laughs) No, just not knowing what he's saying makes it better. Like when you like peek behind the curtain of what he's actually like saying, you're like, oh, what I thought he was saying was way better. I was projecting (laughs) way spookier, like awesome lyrics compared to that. So far, there's three, I'd say, really good songs on this record. Yeah, first three songs are like, those are. You know, let's uh, hold up. This doesn't. This is not in the same league as those songs. So. Oh, no, no. And that's why I had the padded kind in between them with a, with, a, <laughs> with a light duty, yeah. spooky intro. Um, Let's move on to something terrible. Oh, you, this, you, you, you didn't like okay. Spook Show Baby. Spook Show Baby. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this. She's a killer. She's a thriller. <laughs> Spook Show Baby. <laughs> okay. My notes. I started out with let's read our notes to each other this is great Um, okay so my first thought um, was this is the closest thing to 
sexy Rob Zombie vocals that we get because he does this thing in the oh, it, in I, the verse where he's yeah. like, <laughs> he's like kind of whispering. I thought he sounded like Nick Cave. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like toned it down because normally he's like trying to like tear the pop filter <laughs> with his vocals the whole time, and this he's like, I'm I got to really bring this down. Yeah. So he I, I kind of like that. I think that, I I, that kind of cool worked. That he showed range during that part. There's like a sitar or fake sitar. I like the sitar a lot. That's got to go. This reminded me of a better wherever I may roam. (laughs) No. You know what? It has to go in that too. I am like... You know what the weakest part of the Beatles are? Anytime they like... When they hang out with Ravi Shankar. (laughs) Yeah, when they get a sitar out, get it gone. Like, that shit is bad. Also... Secret Place by Megadeth is also a similarly uh, sitar sitar driven rock. Yeah, no. (laughs) No, okay. Hard hard pass. My my takeaway once we got to the chorus and I knew that this song was just going to start over from the top and go again was this song fucking sucks. Like, this is a terrible song and that it's really, really, really produced. Like, they really like... There's like... It might be a real sitar. <laughs> it was a sitar, but it's also like I think either before the chorus or after the chorus, there's like this like really like horror movie score sounding like synth lead kind of part, and it's like all the individual parts you listen to it, and you're like, this is all very considered. It's like they cobbled together the perfect tones, mm-hmm. and they've really worked so hard on the song. That's legitimately a terrible song. Like it's just oh. unredeemingly bad. Song. I, I kind of like this one. Okay, I, I, I was I was more taken with it. All than right, you were, t- t- sell it to me. Uh, no, I, I, all your points are valid. I <laughs> I just liked it. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> I thought the same thing, but my I landed on yeah, pretty good. <laughs> like, Rob Zombie. I think the main problem with some of these with these songs, like, and we talk about like these songs being weak or whatever, is he gets he assembles not only just enough riffs to make a song but just enough parts to make the song he wants to make and some songs have like they'll have an intro and then like a verse and a chorus and then like an, another part but it's then it goes, but like, then it he just, just goes start with like oh we'll start with a verse and we'll do a verse without singing on it and then start singing or something like yeah. that there's very very few blocks yeah like, and then he'll just cut and paste those back in so we'll get another verse and we'll get another thing and there's never like He's never like, oh, this is the part where we're going to do like a big bridge or we're going to do a different outro part. He doesn't go to another part. There's and- not a lot of bridges. It's more like he'll play the same riff but like half speed or something. Like in, yeah. um, in is it Super Beast or Dragula? I think it's Dragula. They just play the same riff just slower. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but you know what? <laughs> like a bridge would have been cool. So that, that really hurts. I mean, one, it's these things where I had to listen through these songs <laughs> and at a certain point I knew... I already was. I already didn't like what was going to happen, and it was just going to happen again with different lyrics. Mm-hmm. But I was like, maybe he'll throw in another part that'll save this song for me. Like there'll be like a cool ending part, or there'll be a bridge that no. makes the whole thing take off. And he never does it. That, so that doesn't happen to any of these songs. So, sp- Spook Show Baby, it's not like, look, I didn't like this song, but then had that epic uh, <laughs> ending jam that like put me back into it. It was like, it was like, no, it was just the chorus, and then it just sort of ended. It did kind of end badly, I think. Um, and I think that's that's a problem with the songwriting on this album in general. I mean, when it works, it's fine. Like Super Beast has is exactly your same songs formula. don't need to be complicated. But the problem is, if they're not very good, they can be saved by being a little bit more complicated. Yeah, that's or, or that's at least a way to make a you can improve a song if it doesn't have enough ideas in it. You put a few more ideas in it, and it actually becomes good. Yeah, yeah. So 
don't yeah. Know, I'm still in. Yeah, and and songs. it's that thing, and it's that thing of like even the songs that have four parts. He just goes through those four parts and then goes back to the beginning <laughs> and then goes through those four parts again. It's not like, oh, we went through three of those parts twice and then we got that fourth part and you're like, oh, that's cool. That's that. Yeah, like, pop, that pops out a bit. Yeah, it pops out. It's like, nah, it's like, oh, we're going to go back to that lead thing that was kind of cool. Oh, here it is. Yeah, his song structure is boring. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay. So I think we covered that. We split decision, which I like when we when we have yeah, different yeah. Uh, decisions. So I thought Spook Show Baby was fucking a dumpster fire full of like hot garbage. I think it's pretty good. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. I, I put, I thought I put really good. Yeah, I, I, that's good. I like this as hell though. I'm kind of sold on. Oh, that uh, that's okay. That's where we're we're gonna have a problem. Okay, so the next song, How to Make a Monster Baby, How to Get It On. <laughs> okay, this I is, this is filler, right? Because it's a minute and a half. And it sounds like it's been recorded in a hole. This is uh, this is baffling to me. That effect that he was going for makes it so this song would have been effective at one minute. But it's too long at a minute 40. Unless okay. they had done it production-wise like the rest of the album. And then you would have been like, this is a good change of pace, fast, like short rocker. But because they split the difference and made it... The lo-fi, no bass, never like it's like you're hearing it through a wall or playing over like a Walkman speaker. Yeah, yeah. It never, it's it's it, it wears out its welcome on that. Even though it is a song that's like double time, it's like actually has changes and could have been cool if it had even been flushed out to be a three-minute song. There you go. Instead of, that was um, pretty yeah. much my takeaway was this could have been like as good as one of the first three songs. It's yeah. it has a potential for all that. It has like the energy of all that. The ideas behind it are at least as good as Dragula. It's like oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. If they'd written either another part or just played the same two parts again, like like Rob Zombie does, and recorded it. Well, they probably did record it properly, yeah, and then they, they just, pr- just sucked all the joy out of it. If they hadn't have done that, and they'd made it like just a three-minute banger, this would be like the second best song on the record. It's it's really yeah. good. Yeah, but, second or third, definitely top three. And it, but it doesn't work as a as an interstitial. Because it's too long it's, and it's, as it is. Yeah. It's annoying, because I feel like they should just finish that song and put, like, fucking turned... I don't know. Demonoid for not? No, no, no. No, uh, one not, of the two songs show, we're about to talk about <laughs> into, into this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- there's, I'm sure there's plenty of other shitty riffs they could have just like sped three minutes on or, or two or even minutes just on whatever they're trying do, to do. If they had done his normal oh, thing. Oh, less filler. Why would why are we budgeting for more filler? Turn this into a proper fucking song. Yeah, like, yeah. Rob Zombie. Yeah, go Re- back in time 20 years and fix this. No, redo it. Put it, put out a, put out a, a record, record store day like seven inch. Yeah, of, of three and a half minute version of how to make a monster. How to make a monster with full band or with something. full production. Um, okay, All right. what's that next song? Meet the Creeper with Tommy Lee on the drums instead of uh, instead of John John Tempest okay. from Testament, not Testament Exodus. One of those. I had my, nope. That was my note for this. Nope. No. <laughs> like, um, I put kind of doesn't matter who's on drums as the record is tweaked and polished beyond fault. Uh, the opening riff is good. I think maybe it's compared to uh, How to Make a Monster because it kind of pops, but it's a terrible song. The verse is filler. Everything, everything is just dreary. Like it's the worst. It, it might be the actually wor- it might be the worst actual song on the record. But I don't know. The, it's there's there's some there is a real battle for that. Yeah, that we'll, last place coming up. We'll it, talk about that. It I is. Think this is the first genuinely terrible song on the is, record. This is way worse than. Also, I just want to point out that he at one point brags about having five thousand fingers of death. That's pretty good. That's a little too many fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is. It is too much fingers. <laughs> um, 
So <laughs> the only good thing about this song is Meet the Creepers, kind of a funny song title. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's, that's definitely and then, true. That's I, I, the opening riff is actually... So, oh, in, in context of the record, sounds pretty good when it kicks in. But Okay. This may okay. This next song may be legitimately the worst song on the album. So th- this is the uh, I think this is also uh, a Tommy Lee on the drums uh, jam. The Ballad of Resurrection Joe and Rosa Hall. And this is the only song on, on the on the record that has swearing in it. All of the others uh, are actually clean. But this this is what got them their explicit lyrics sticker. Is uh is is all is all the fuck swears in in this one. And this is. I want to read you my, my, my notes first. This is a textbook example of where Rob Zombie should never take his foot off the gas. <laughs> this is exactly what classic white zombie filler, like <laughs> Blood, Milk, and Sky, uh, sounds like. And I said, by the time the loud chorus kicked in, I'd completely lost interest. I was like, it was on, but I wasn't listening to it. It was, it, no, no, a thousand times on this song. You, you wrote way more than I did because <laughs> I wrote, I one word review, terrible. I just was terrible next to it. What about my business reading the Washington Post or whatever? It was not like, can't wait for this thing to be over. Like, it's Meet the Creepers bad, but at least I put nope. Also, 5,000 fingers of death, question mark. Like, I got, right. there's four more words got like written in the, like. I'm going to count the opening riff of, of Meet the Creepers putting this way ahead of fucking Ballad of Resurrection, Joe and Rosa Hall. That yeah, is, that's I, I think this, um, some try-hard bollocks. It might be the worst song. There's never a bad song coming but, out. But, Paul, what looks on Channel X? Is is it a terrible song that looks on Channel X? <laughs> okay, this is one that I... I was digging the riff and stuff of it. This is a classic... This, this song is a sketch that they blew into a full song without writing enough parts. Like, it needed a different thing to happen. Yeah. And he was just, like, stood pat on the things that he had. And so... I didn't apparently hate it as much as you did, but I was like, this song needs another part. I liked it had sort of sepulchre drumming in the in the verse and it had that uh young generation, that sick generation sample. Um that yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. And then the rest of it is um not good. It's, it actually puts it ahead of yeah. the other two songs. Because, because oh, oh, and the, sam- the sample uh, really reminded me of the bit. Have you heard um, a th- the Thousand Homo G- DJ's cover of Supernaut? Yeah. Yeah, and that has that. And that thing, apparently, that, that um, it's fun to take a trip, put ass in your veins, is not a sample. It's just Trent Reznor talking, and they, they made it sound like a sample. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Um, it reminded me of that, which I really like. So I was like, okay, this <laughs> in context and, and giving me a memory of happier things, this is this is okay, but it's very forgettable. We've talked more than enough about that song. Yeah, okay, let's, let's well, go on to Return of the Phantom Stranger, which I think is the last real song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah yes, um, it is. So, you know... This is their so, attempt to drag things back onto track with an actual song, I think. You know, sometimes things don't have to return, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the Phantom Stranger could, you know... He should have stayed away. Just, yeah. If he was out on a holiday, just expand that Absence holiday. Absence makes like, the heart grow fonder, <laughs> Phantom Stranger. Yeah, like... <laughs> um, again, this is another song that is so well produced, it tries to Jedi mind trick you into, like, re- like figuring out that it's not, like, that there's nothing to it. Okay. Like, like, um... And I think a lot of the songs on this album kind of do because it's like, well, again, sometimes it works. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's like because um, it's very. They spent a, clearly a lot of time and money making Return of the Phantom Stranger. More time and money went into 
producing it than to like thinking about writing it. Clearly. Yeah, and it's just I don't know. It's not. The, I'm not the one. Well, it has a, that. Um, it has an organ at the beginning. Sort of like that sounds like. Oh, right, we're gonna tr- try to make a good song. Remember, like, like that might be a, like an epic kind of kind of thing, an organ, and then. Uh, He's got this underwhelming whispering that he's doing where he doesn't sound like Nick Cave. He just sounds tired. Like it's just <laughs> he, even he was sick good. of this album by the time. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it was all recorded in order <laughs> on <laughs> one afternoon. <laughs> I, I, on my notes, I put the chorus is actually good, and he sounds like his little buddy Marilyn Manson. He really does like Marilyn Manson yeah. on this one. He's not doing his screaming as much. He sounds more. Yeah, he sounds like Marilyn Manson. The, where the chorus builds up, I quite liked, but it's not. It's not a good song. It's. It's kind of nonsense. Yeah. And then, beginning of the end. Uh, yeah. Final song. It's just noise. Kind of neat. I don't know. You kinda, liked it? I kind of liked it. Like, because it's like, that's one that's like, sounds like, sound, like horror movie soundtrack filler. Like, that's okay. one that's like, it's because it's like, just like weird delayed noise and keyboard doodling. And I, I had not to sound like an old man, but this is just noise. <laughs> But I think you kids get off my lawn. I think it could have worked in context with the he was trying to make like is trying to be a complete horror movie experience. Okay, that sounds yeah. like a thing where it could have been an indie. I'm not saying it's super strong, and you actually could have put that anywhere in the album, and it would have worked. Like yeah. it's like it, again, it like it, it might have been better to finish on a song instead of finish on more of the weak filler nonsense, which is definitely the worst thing about this record rather than going yeah let's no let's i think the, ball- the ballad of resurrection show is the worst thing about this record but yeah, yeah not much. and yeah. or meet the creeper <laughs> um possibly spook spook show baby no there's a lot of baby's great <laughs> um paul she's a killer <laughs> she's a thriller <laughs> Spook show, baby. It's fantastic. It's not fantastic. It is. He, he rhymes. He rhymes the first two words, and then he then he goes off kilter for the last word. It's great. It's got it's got a little mandolin or whatever it is. A little wherever I may roam. Why? Why do you? Why do you? Like, I don't know. I don't. I just why do like you that like one. terrible stuff? <laughs> okay, so so is this it. overall is this record any good? No, I, w- I would say this. It would have been an amazing EP. So what what would you pull out for the EP? Your, your, the uh, the singles. Yeah, like the first four songs, like the the ideal scenario is the first four songs, a full band version of How to Make, a, make monster, a Monster, yeah. and then any wild card selection you want. I guess maybe Demonoid Possession or something like. Yeah, I, I'd pick Spoon Show, baby. Because, I, I because would. I really. Like I would that. not. But if you wanted to be like every Shane needs a weak link, like let's play Spook Show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, but so that's five songs, and that's and, counting Spook Show, baby. <laughs> yeah, but you can put Call the Zombie on there, and then maybe you could put the weird filler thing at the end, like the beginning of the end on there. And then okay. you have like where it's so like we, solid. So we get to li- cut Perversion '99 and Perversion '99, uh, the Creeper, and oh my god, the Ballad of Fucking Rosetta Stone, or <laughs> yeah, and Return of the Stranger, and I guess Channel X. Is it better or worse than the Crow soundtrack? It might be better at a whole because, like, while there's only like four really good songs, or... I think the really good songs are much better than yeah. The, good the songs highs are thing. definitely high, higher. Yeah. The lows are probably a similar level of low to the Crow soundtrack. Does it? Is anything on this record as bad as Henry Rollins and the Rollins Band doing that suicide song for eighteen minutes or whatever it is? Well, we've already talked about Spook Show Baby. <laughs> Spook Show Baby is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me dig in harder. 
<laughs> no, um, there's probably not anything as no one wants to listen to all of fucking Ghost Rider. No. No, no. one's like sign signing up for, for just listening to Ghost Rider. So if you're I like think even after they recorded it and the engineer goes, Do you want to hear it back? And they went, No. <laughs> the guy, was, I'm bored now. Yeah, the, the the dude who's mixing it mixed it off of the first thirty seconds of the song. It's like I hope there's no changes in this because I cannot listen to any more of this song. It's like the ring. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> You'll want to die within a week after this fucking song. <laughs> So yeah, well, how do you? So you're the one who had you had love and affection for this album. Yeah. How uh, does it stand up now? Kind of, um, maybe a little worse than I remember, but not not that much. The the first four, the the, the three really good songs are kind of better than I remember them. Um, I remember there being a lot of filler. There is a lot of filler. I don't remember the Ballad of Resurrection and Joe being that bad. Oh my god. It's pretty bad. <laughs> um, I do remember how to make a monster, and I and yeah, fuck. Uh, now I'm frustrated by it rather than like, oh, that's a cool song. But should we cover that? I think if we covered that, like if I think if fucking anyone covered that, you know, and put bass on it and stuff, it would sound great. So yeah. In conclusion, listen to Hellbilly Deluxe? Question mark. <laughs> I, I listen to Hellbilly Deluxe. It's it's good. Listen to Super Beast through Demonoid Possession. I yeah. Guess. yeah. Skip. Spook Show Baby. Do not skip Spook Show Baby. Go, uh, go directly to Spook Show Baby and then listen to the rest of the album. <laughs> listen to How to Make a Monster and Dream of a Better World in which that was like well recorded. Yeah, and then the last, what, four tracks? Just go skip them shits. Yeesh. Like, yeah, go ahead and go to a different album with that. Go to like... <laughs> you go back to the, the previous White Zombie record, which is uh Go to Future... Stronger. Go to Future Rob Zombie solo albums. Yeah. Um, go go to the one that's got that song where he's like... Never gonna stop me. Like, and also, you might want to think about stopping. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, venomous rat generation, venomous rat regeneration vendor, and what? Yeah, and the, the electric, ele- the electric warlock, acid witch, satanic orgy, orgy celebration dispenser. Good work. <laughs> like, settle down, man. That doesn't even make also, sense. Also, he really doubled down on long side song titles on that one. I have not listened to... In the Age of the Consecrated Vampire, we all get high. Shut up, Rob Zombie. <laughs> like, what, what does that even mean? Super Doom, Hex Gloom, Pop. These might be really good. Like, this, like he has the potential to do good songs. And, you know, well, everybody's fucking in a UFO. That's not, that's not going to be good, is it? I mean... All right, we should wrap this up. Yeah. Um, in fact, w- what we should do in order to in order to pay for the Spotify bill that we used to, I just log in with my Facebook. Oh, okay. So I hear ads. I this this was broken up by. Uh, like, this is pretty. I like the I like the song about the high end. I come out. <laughs> like that was, it's like oh man, Spook Show Baby was a bad song, and it was like oh at least we're playing Michael Jackson now. Seventies <laughs> playlist. Also, what's on uh, Spook Show International Live? <laughs> Uh, it starts with uh, Teenage Nosferatu Pussy, brackets live. <laughs> and then it goes into Super Beast live, Living Dead Girl. Yeah, come, yeah, he knows, what, he knows what the good songs are on that record. He, he doesn't do a live version of How to Make a Monster anywhere, which he, he should There's a do. song called House of a Thousand Corpses? Yeah. <laughs> There's a song called We're an American Band. I wonder if that's a cover of the... Yeah, undoubtedly. Of that Canadian band. I don't know what um, No... Meet the Creeper, Jesus Christ, Rob Zombie. <laughs> Meet the Creepers on here, Dragula. I was going to say Dragula isn't, it is. 
That's probably towards the end, right? Bl- Blitzkrieg Bop. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't. Oh, never gonna stop on there. That guy should consider stopping. <laughs> All right, uh, we should stop looking at that and yeah. start singing some ads. Children, we're not all having them anymore. And while this gives you great reason not to take part in Take Your Daughter to Work Day, it also presents a problem. Who are you supposed to live vicariously through, and how? Fortunately, the people at the Canine Driving College have a solution. Teach your dog to drive. Imagine what your co-workers will say when, after James makes you watch his Ralph Takes His First Steps video again, you pull out a photo of your dog cruising down I-5 in a sweet Camaro. Camaro is not included. You also must provide your own dog. It's astonishing we need to make this clear. Use the code 5150 and they'll throw in a bumper sticker that says, My dog graduated from the Canine Driving College, so you can impress the girl behind you in the Subaru. The Canine Driving College, brought to you by the minds behind Teach Your Dog to Smoke. Hundred percent real. Uh, no, it sounds real. <laughs> sounds plausible. Um, do you use that? Have you used that service? Sure. Yeah, I use it for Fido, Rex, all, all the dogs. <laughs> oh, the whole- uh, <laughs> the whole canine clan here up in Shea Divine. Can, can I like drive. that you went far afield for dog names. You're like, <laughs> Rover, got Rover, Rex, Fido. Look, they, Bingo. Can't, they can't see the dogs. If I called them like Bruce, it would be confusing. All right, as we, as we reach hour two and a half, <laughs> this, this tight podcast. Uh, we're incapable of, yeah. of doing easy to edit. <laughs> so easy when they're only when we did an hour. We did a tight hour yeah, and I made it forty five minutes. <laughs> I barely had to take out anything. This is great. This is such an easy job. Now it's like four hour podcast eventually. Yeah. So uh recommendations and uh What do you have? Recriminations. Uh the new Mutoid Man single, because uh we're off to see Mutoid Man in a couple of months at uh at Nemo's. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, good. It's gonna be Helmsley and fucking Hughes Ox is going opening. That should be amazing. Uh, so the new Mutant Man single, I can't remember the title. I sent it to you. You remember what it's called? <laughs> Just leave a big pause. <laughs> no. so we'll leave a big pause. We'll drop it in. I recommend the new Mutant single, Mutant Man single. I'm gonna go um, take it back to Vinyl Island. Um, gonna do a normal size or marginally normal size record. Gonna do a uh, split ten inch for some Seattle <laughs> local not, bands. Not normal. Come on. <laughs> Look, quiet you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's uh, it's uh, two defunct Seattle bands that uh were up and running when I first moved to town and are uh still are super dope. So um, it's the Teen Kapulu Akimbo um split ten inch. It came out on Rock and Roll Play Records and. I don't know, 2000 or something like that. Um, they're dope. But yeah, so check out that. Um, I think I could probably find a link to it, but it's fucking good. Um, so we'll go with that, and then um, we'll come at you next week with something. I don't know if we have any plans. Uh, we don't yet. We'll come. Up, we'll invent something in the we week. Bar- we barely we barely plan for any of this. <laughs> we, we live minute to minute. We are. We 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 podcast in a European style. Look, <laughs> so. look North Korea has a has a, sit, has a fucking missile aimed at our city. We're we're not expected to be here next week. Yeah, so. it's tough. All right, all right.
Peace.